0: you listening to a dose of black joy and caffeine on apple Podcasts? well if you are please make sure that you leave us a review now of course we would love five stars but if anything we want to hear how you are enjoying the show now back to a dose of black joy and caffeine Well, with that being said, welcome all to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. I mean, now we are making history because this is the first time that we've had this many people on the podcast. So I'm really, really excited, but um, it's going to be a rowdy bunch. Thank you all so much for supporting us. And this is season four, our quad shot season. So you better believe that that means that we are taking things up a notch. 50 episodes. Can you believe it? Turn it up. Wow, congrats on 50, bro. I mean, (laughs) you know, I call this uh, podcast a dose of black joy and caffeine, but people don't realize how literal it is. And those are the two things that keep me going. So maybe that's a little bit of the energy that we have, uh, you know, with with everything happening. But before we dive into the amazing guests that we have on the podcast, I have to introduce my phenomenal co-host for the season. Kendra, Kendra, how's it going? Tell the people a little bit at home about yourself.
1: What up, Adoo? I'm doing great. Uh, Again, my name is Kendra Croft here on my second episode. Excited to co-host and talk with these two guys today. Um, As I am an associate creative director, also a writer. And as a writer, I have my own identity crisis that I struggle with. So I'm very, very excited to talk with two writers today as we will dive into the world of words and how they make us feel.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, listen, you're right there. So we're calling this episode
1: A Cup of Copy. Uh, Yeah, Kendra, take us away. All right, so first up, we have Simeon Coker. So Simeon is an award-winning creative director, 21st century people manager, and DEI accomplice working to change how brands and marketers create and engage with consumers. He started his career working in media, then transitioned to advertising, where he worked at various agencies on integrated campaigns across consumer sectors. Simeon is now the creative development manager at a social platform where he works to grow user conversations for brands through innovative ideas. He is also the co-founder of the Mixed Company Podcast, so you may have heard his voice before, a platform advocating for more equitable and creative industries. Simeon is out here doing the work, I see. I know. Tell me about it. Welcome to the show, Sim. What
2: up? Appreciate it. Also, appreciate Kendra reading my bio. We have have history.
1: (laughs) Full circle moments.
2: Nice. I mean, listen,
0: I was dusting off my shoulders as you were reading the bio as if it was mine. And then we also have Dorado Quick, who goes by Quick, or who I call Quick, two times a brother here, not only in the industry, but also frat brother. So (laughs) we're really excited to have you here. And one of the things that I admire about this phenomenal writer is that he seamlessly blends culture into branding, marketing, advertising, being able to really craft this style of storytelling that pushes culture further. He has been awarded through Cannes Lion, as well as the Clios, Pencils, Effie Awards, and so, 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 so much more, and has really received international recognition for really being skilled with his pen, which is why we're having him on the show today. He's an alumni of the One Club Creative Boot Camp, as well as the VCU Brand Center, Ad Color Futures Program, Google Ad Byte, and the list goes on and on and on. And one of the most exciting things about it is that he was selected as part of the first class for the DC Comics Milestone Initiative. And he is developing the craft of comic book writing as well as graphic novels and screenwriting. So I am super excited. One, welcome to the show and let me know when you need an audition because I've been told <laughs> it's time for a black Superman. That's all I'm saying, man. Dude, you That's putting so your awesome. hat in the ring. I'm putting my hat in the ring. I'm talking. Hey, you, 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 know, you got the height, man. You got the height.
3: You, dude, got, you, got, you got the chiseled
2: chin. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, pulled out the NASCAR shades. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying, I could get a little bit of blade going on, you know? So. <laughs> me out but no welcome to a dose of black Joy and ca- caffeine so look if you all are game we're game we're gonna go ahead and get started and kendra our amazing co-host is gonna take us away
1: awesome all right so i think we're gonna approach this episode as kind of a writer's masterclass. so y'all drop your jo- nuggets of joy and we'll you know help the people figure out their worlds um so i'll just ask some questions y'all jump in with you know whoever wants to answer um but to kick it off let's start with actually opening up how are you all taking care of yourselves right now let's start with some self-care where are we at mental spaces how are we taking care of ourselves right now
2: I mean I could jump off I think right now for me I'm just having radical conversations with people that I care about um yeah I'm not holding shit in that's that's my that's my mood right now is getting it out and and doing it with people who have great perspectives on on life, and going for old man walks in the morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rada.
3: Ah oh, man, I'm terrible at self care. Keep it a Uh I am failing miserably, but it's also so beautiful right now to be in the midst of failing at so many things: relationships, friendships, goals, and things, and it's the, it's a beautiful time so I would say as far as my self-care um, i re- try to read the bible try to stay in the scripture in the word you know basic instructions before leaving earth I try to stay on top of that um I go to therapy every week um I wish I was working out as much as I used to it's not happening these days um but I love reading like I'm going through like a book a week whether that's an autobiography uh whether that's a how-to book I'm in the comic book shop all the time but uh I would say those are my those like my main forms of self-care and then kind of like I'm gonna call I know Miss Cognac I'm gonna call him Cognac (laughs) kind of like how Cognac does I've had some uh real radical conversations with some of my friends about what are my priorities and why am I prioritizing certain things over other things and trying to prevent myself from hitting an early grave so like uh it's a lot right now I know I do I told you a couple things have been going on with me so it's don't I tell kids don't be like me write like me write better than me <laughs> but don't don't work like me I, I put too much into my work mm.
1: it sounds like you're taking care of yourself at the same time so that's good to hear no try it. <laughs> yeah. you know, you know the, I the
2: first I think... step is acknowledging it right
1: you go.
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, cool. Okay. So then getting into the writing. Um, so curious as to when you both, um, and we'll start with Rado here. When did you realize that writing was your bag? Like when did writing really become the thing that you were gonna ride out into the industry with?
3: Ooh, like like the moment I knew I was nice or the moment that I chose to be a writer like which which is which is the question
1: so at the moment you chose and then i'm assuming that became before the moment you knew you were nice but if it worked the opposite way you know
3: yeah (laughs) i would say uh this is going back shit like 2000 maybe like 2009 2010 I'm, i'm over i'm over i'm just over a decade in but i would say i was studying marketing in undergrad. And I found out that I didn't want to do marketing. I thought you got to make commercials. I took like, you know, advertising, marketing, 400. I'm excited. You know what I mean? Like I came here with like my examples, you know, all the stuff that Whitehead did. I want to do and it. It's like, all you did was kind of do research and no, no disrespect to marketing or anything like that. But I wanted to tell stories and I was trying to figure out what to do. So I dropped marketing and picked up communications, advertising. before going to VCU for grad school. Um, but I was talking to, you know, one of my, one of my friends, and he was like, man, like, you can't draw work shit, you know, you can't be no art director, I'm like, yeah, I can't, but I have been hosting all the poetry lounges, and I have been doing all the flyers for, like, the black club, the Asian club, the Latin clubs, LGBT clubs, the black press, the white press, So like, whenever there was a party or event, I was coming up with the name of the party, or I was writing the, you know, quote-unquote, the copy on the screen, like, I think my first one, the, you know, Cal State Fullerton wanted to be, like, a, a school-wide potluck, like, nobody's coming to a fucking potluck that's terrible oh I don't know if I can cuss on your show
0: um, yeah you know uh, <laughs> let me tell you something anytime I'm able to add an e to an episode it takes my ratings up so we're good we're good okay. <laughs>
1: okay. let's do it then <laughs> um, yeah I
0: was, I was like uh nobody's coming to a potluck but we
3: called it taste of the world and like all the ads were like passports but you got to go around campus kind of getting your passport stamps that's when I knew okay you know, I may not have all the experience some of like my other peers who've been in like the ad club all four years of college, but okay, I know how to get people, I know how to write well enough to get people to show up to events. That's like the moment I chose to be a writer. Um, yeah, I think that's like the moment. It was like end of undergrad, probably like 09, 09, 10, somewhere around there.
1: Nice. I appreciate the identity crisis because I went through the same thing when I decided that advertising was it. I was like, I think I'm an art director, and then everybody told me I wasn't, and I said, "Y'all don't know me." <laughs> uh, <laughs> passing it over to Simeon.
2: I mean, I always know it was nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, you know, it's funny. I've I told a story before that the first time that I got paid to write copy was in junior high because I was writing poems for like one of the assignments and people were just like, yeah, Yo, you can write. So they were paying me to do it. I think I had a similar experience to Rado. Um, when I went back to school, I was working in media. I was going to do um, graphic design. And my professor was just like, you're trash, just just stop. Um, So, but he was like, yo, you actually know how to write a concept and your copy is dope and you should go to Miami ad school and focus on that. I said, I'm not going to Miami ad school. And so I ended up doing the uh, One Club Creative Bootcamp. And I think that first year I came in like second place and then I did it again and I came in first place. And, you know, I think that's confirmation, right? So just having people validate your ideas and your approach to writing that was the moment i was like all right cool i can i can do this for real for real
1: that's real shout out to all the people that told us we were trash Man, um, you need that
3: real honesty you need it there's not enough of that in the world right now it's a right. lot of toxic positivity we tell everybody everybody's great everyone's gonna be okay no tell, tell them the truth shit is, shit is whack <laughs> and that's then you a... can you can pivot you can pivot and go from that. but if you stuck thinking you're nice and you're not nice you you're going down the dark path
0: that is an interesting common thread though that at least all three of you were about to pursue graphic design or art direction and then pivoted so amazing it is
2: i i think that's probably because like a lot of us just i was looking at your book earlier Rado. like we write visually right so we write Mm. script so our brains operate visually and we take those visuals and we put it on paper so you know the delusion of thinking that you can actually uh graphic design is real
1: because <laughs> we see it we're like I see it, it in my sense. head it's still putting it on paper that we were not we weren't executing as well
3: I remember buying that photoshop's tweet and it was like no. oh shit this is a waste of money I can't do that shit Shout out to you for buying it.
1: I hustled it. I was like, who got the download? Oh, you know, I'm saying I'm
3: saying buy because we're on a, a podcast, but you know what it
1: is. Keeping it real. Um that awesome. So thank you all for sharing that. So from that point, I'm curious to jump into a bit of your own like creative process, right? Or your writing process. Because once you kind of accept, right, I'm a writer, I'm doing this. Then it comes now, how do I do this? And then how do I create a consistent output? So could you share a little bit about your creative process and approach to writing? And we'll start with Simeon on this one.
2: I I think it differs with each brief and it also differs with where I'm working. Um, I think right now it's a little bit more technical. So the observations, uh, looking for observations around what's like user behaviors and trying to base the the tone and the approach based off of that. Um, I think when you and I worked together, um, it was a little bit more based in culture, like going out and looking and seeing what was happening in culture. What was the tone? What were people talking about? Um, And then, Possibly like identifying the white space so that it could be a little bit um, disruptive. So, I think at the be when I start writing, there's a lot of consuming—just reading, listening, watching. Uh, seeing what's going on, I think in advertising, like it's very rare that you're going to like do something that is extremely scary for a client. So being able to base the approach in something that's happening within culture has been, has proven successful for me as like a jumping off point to start writing something good.
1: Nice. up. And the
2: question again is, how do
3: we start? What's the question again?
1: your your writing process, your creative process when it comes to writing, how do you yeah, how do you get started or go through that journey?
3: Uh what was best told to me by uh Mark Finski, which I believe he got from Ernest Hemingway was right drunk edit sober. Yeah. Um and what I mean by that is whenever I get a new brief or something like that, like I I vomit out everything, right? Like the whole 11 by 17 or multiple Google Docs, you, you vomit out everything, if at least just to get those ideas out of your head. And then you go through and, and pick out the vomit. Oh, that's a nice piece of chicken. That's a nice piece of broccoli. Okay, like there's, there's, there's a chunk there. Okay, I can kind of put together a meal with this. And then uh, kind of similar to Simeon, like I uh, kind of just, I don't want to call it method acting because I don't know enough about method acting to do it, but I always believe a good copywriter is a phenomenal ghostwriter, right? Like when I think about that, what I mean by that is you see like a scary movie, like the scariest ghosts are the ones that feel as if they're a part of the house. So mm-hmm. like a copywriter, you are should be able to flow into any voice, any brand, any actor. So I will dive myself into the comments, into the YouTube videos, the Reddits, and really look at the voice of how people are talking, the things they like, the things they don't like. And I really try to just kind of, kind of just bathe in that. until so that voice becomes natural. Then I kind of just kind of write random shit in that voice and start to kind of work the voice in. And then I kind of combine that vomit with the voice practice. And then I kind of have a style or a tone of voice for each campaign. But I, I try my best to make it feel as if it is most natural from, from, that, uh, from that brand or from that actor. Oh. I gonna be all of
0: that that was,
2: that was amazing. <laughs> okay, I, I want to be the ghost in the house that uh feels like it's a part of the house <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's yeah. super amazing it's so good even just hearing that and it's also very refreshing because from a social perspective I feel like so often especially when it comes to social media accounts which I manage everybody sounds the same everyone sounds the same so um kudos to you all
1: yeah Finding that tone of voice. I um, also appreciate the fact of it's like get everything out so you can refill with where you want to go and let that guide the tone of voice or what the ask is or what culture is saying that that should guide the the writing. Um, so going on, um, when it comes to your writing, what is your ideal environment? So. I've been known to lock myself in a closet. It's fine. My coworkers can't find me. I'm like it's quiet here. What is the ideal environment that inspires you or gets you when you're when you're writing that you're looking for? Nature, a closet, which one?
2: That's that's a great question, I think. For me, I'm kind of Gone everywhere. Um, When we were back in the office, I would usually leave. Um, I would rarely ever just like right at my desk. Um, And based off where the office was, I may go for a walk. I may jump on a city bike. I used to bike into the city. So I may jump on my own bike. The the beauty of like being a creative is that you don't know where you're going to get your inspiration. And so like finding different spaces to create has always proven beneficial beneficial to me so i don't have a go-to spot i think i do have like a go-to like method of like when i'm on the move i usually put on a playlist that embodies whatever that brief is or i'm listening to music that is within that tone if you will to kind of keep my head in that space so when i'm riding or walking whatever it is i'm the soundtrack is is leading up to whatever it is I'm about to write.
1: Nice, having that soundtrack to keep the keep the juices flowing and inspiring.
3: Yeah, uh, for me, I can I'll research anywhere, so I could be at the office, at a beach, at a park, but I'm just like gathering the information, looking at the quotes, look at the tweets, look at the YouTube, the TikTok, whatever it is. I'll do that anywhere. But when it's time to craft, um I like to be like locked in somewhere like whether it be like a room at the office you know I got the little home office at the crib but I like to be like locked in zeroed in phones on do not disturb you can't bother me and I'm I'm really trying to craft and I'll look at that research I'll look at that vomit and I'll kind of like you cognac like I'll play some music that kind of feel like I want to embody this campaign I want to give this feeling of that that could be any, it could be R&B, it could be rock, it could be anything. It could be whatever needs to kind of give me that vibra feel. And I shut the music off and just craft and just write and just write. And, you know, and then I try to just narrow it down to the top three to five versions that are working and to get to those, those three versions of artwork, hopefully there are three separate ideas, three separate concepts. And I try to focus on those and try to identify which one I feel is best for the client, which one I feel is safe. And then which one is, is something that I think will blow people's socks off or something something unexpected. I kind of feel like you always do what they, no one get no one get upset with you for doing extra, but they will get upset if you do something that's off brief. So I try to always have sure that one idea, it's the brief perfectly. It's exactly what you asked for. Here's something that stretches you. And here's something that's solely me that I think is award-winning or groundbreaking. And it's probably not what you asked for, but you should do it. I kind of always do that. Because if you don't, if you just do what you want to do, you'll get in trouble. But if you kind of space it out like that, I think it works pretty well.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, think,
2: yeah, that approach, I feel like, um, allows you to feel or allows the client to feel more like a partner than, mm-hmm. a, than a client, because then they get to weigh in on what's working and what's not working. And you may end up with a hybrid of of what was, you know, yeah. dangerous and what was safe, but that Frankenstein. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, sometimes the Frankenstein goes crazy, but- Do we like the
1: Frankenstein?
2: Sometimes it does, you know, create space for something really dope to happen. Fair point. Fair point.
1: That Frankenstein, every time it comes back, I have to question myself. Am I willing to cave or? Yeah,
3: (laughs) it's
2: it's always interesting. have Have I ever made you Frankenstein?
0: I think I think it depends, right? Doesn't it depend on the day of the week? I mean, because if it's being Frankenstein on a Friday, they got it. I'm going. I got it. I gotta get my weekend started. You know, it
1: depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends on the, t- the time the timeline. On the timeline. Time,
0: if there's short
1: time, then they're like, oh, let's go. If there's time, then they're like, well, what if? Now, That's Simeon, I don't point. think you've ever made me Frankenstein. I think there's other clients that have worked on though that have been like, we got to do this, and I probably came to you and was like, Simeon, what is this?
2: <laughs> oh, so, so yeah. Kendra was on my team at my last agency. She's a rock star.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> you all are. And I think just speaking of rock stars, speaking of writing, I, what I really love about this particular episode, and I hope that people get out of it, is all the areas that you can explore writing. So you have reached the point of the show where we're going to switch things up a little bit, and we have a little game for you. It's called and that's on four. So I'm gonna count to four. And then at the same time, you have to actually say the name of one of the writers that you prefer, okay? So we're gonna go through a list of writers. We have different genres. And when I say one, two, three, four, you have to say that person's name. You You can provide context afterwards in terms of why you said that person's name, but ideally, what you're saying is the person that you gravitate towards the most from a writing standpoint. So we have comedians, we have lyricists, we have authors. Oh, we have okay. Okay. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I had to get out. I had to get out. I'm nervous for y'all. I was yeah. like, right we have R and B artists. Okay, so here we go. So I'm gonna say one, two, three, four. Then you just shoot out that person's name. All right. Okay. So first one. Wait till I count to four, Chris Rock, or Dave Chappelle. Sure. Okay. So those those are the two options you have. All right, Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle. One, two, three, four. Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. All right. Let's hear a little bit about it. What 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 made you all say Dave Chappelle?
3: There was an interview Dave had about. I think it was when when. I oh, this is fucked up. He had an interview about something happened and he said co- he felt more of a comedian than he felt like he was Black or a person. Not that I have to say to you, but there are times in life where like things hit me harder because I'm a writer or I, I appreciate it more because I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave just has this just unapologetically ability to be himself and to tell how he feels, what is the truth. And I think that's something that every writer aspires to, that every writer can't. Um, so that, that's my love for Chappelle. I mean, I've got almost every Chappelle vinyl in the other room. Like I collect vinyl comedy albums versus like vinyl records. So, Chappelle for sure. And I appreciate Chris. I think, I think what people don't tell about Chris is Chris is a master of setting things up. Mm. So, I would say I probably write more similarly to Chris Rock because you know, you listen to Chris Rock, there's always a setup and an answer. Women be shopping, women be shopping. He'll give you a little commentary. Women be shopping, and he hits you over the head with women be shopping. You know what I mean? Like, Chris Rock is the master of setting you up for a joke and I think I do that well with writing but there's just a level of honesty and confidence that I would hope to embody one day that uh the only person that has similar to Chris I mean the only one that has similar to Dave Chappelle would probably be like Jamil Hill that's probably the only other person I think is just that honest with their words and their writing and their fatigue so I would say I lean more towards
2: Chappelle.
0: All right Sim you said Chappelle as well.
2: Yeah I mean I For all the reasons that uh, Rado just hit on, I think there's a vulnerability to his writing and his approach that that's what I gravitate toward in just any writing. It's like, does it feel forced or does it feel like it's coming from a genuine place? And I think that's why his comedy hits harder. Um, Not that Chris's comedy doesn't hit, but um, I think Dave just hits harder because people can relate to it because... It's almost like you're listening to his inner voice, and mm-hmm. everybody has their own inner voice, and so I think that's what connects with people.
0: All right, we'll take that, Kendra. What about you? Where are you falling in the ring? Are you there? Are you not to, <laughs> not, not, not to put you on the spot, but to put you on the spot?
1: <laughs> nah, I think I think we're all three on the same wavelength. Nah, I'm a Dave Dave fan. Um, I think Dave, it's it's that honesty, man. There's it's it's also that. Um, that philosophy like that philosophy, it's like a, talking to a philosopher, right? It's looking at life and breaking it down and like and then telling a story to wrap it up that either helps people understand or it gives it context. Let's say that. And however people take it is how you take it, but there's a truth in it and it's not a nugget. It's like the whole thing is true. like either you gonna put it in your lap and go with it or you drop it because you don't want to deal with it. Um, and I think that that's just that's a level of like, knowing yourself and your voice that i definitely aspire to and fearlessness
0: absolutely okay okay all right so now you all getting warmed up you get the gist of how we're that, shit, going. that was the warm up am i now <laughs>
3: included
1: in this because i thought i was with
0: you <laughs> oh no we're bringing you along now so let's go here we go so all three of you on four tony morrison or maya angelou All right.
1: One, two, three, four. My Angela. Yeah, Angela. Tony's my girl. All
0: right. We're we're split here. Kendra, let's start with you. You you stepped out and said Tony here. What made <sighs> you?
1: I think, and honestly, I'm kind of new to Tony. I'm not even gonna front. Um, I I kind of really jumped in like really deep, kind of right before she passed. Um and for me, I just hadn't been exposed to her work, unfortunately, which is just, you know, things happen that way. But Maya, I love, but I think for me, i am be real honest, Maya, like poetry can be like, I'd be like, what are we trying to say here? Cause sometimes it's like trying to do too much of like, I'm like, just say it. Um, so, I think Maya has that like depth in that but Tony like her writing is so vivid visual and metaphoric that like it really gripped me in a way that I hadn't been able to put a book down and I think actually right here those are all of her books. Wow. Um, I bought the whole set because I was like I'm gonna burn through these because it's the writing the writing style took a minute for me to like catch on to and like read but once I caught the rhythm and like caught the what's between the in-between I was like what's the next story um and it was so gripping hard hitting and tackling like really tough topics that I think still ring true today
0: for some people that are just kind of getting familiar and like you said you know unfortunately like I mean it's not unfortunate because you have a body of work that is there is there a is there a book that you recommend as the first book to start with
1: I mean, I think you got to jump in with the bluest eye, man. Like, I know it hurts; it's painful. It's a, it's a hard one, but once you like wrap your you wrap your head around that one, then you you kind of move through. You, you're you move through and kind of knowing the tone and the style of writing because it that's that's one that really grips you. Um, can also push you away, but stick with it.
0: Okay, let's jump to the next one, Kanye West or Drake. Writing, writing, lyrics. One, two, three, four. I didn't even say anything. Rado, you cheated. You cheated this one. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. Come on. We
3: need an answer because, and I mean, this with all due respect, right? This is a room full of, of writers and, yeah. and keyword writing. And the two you brought up, that's a well, that's Sim, a very
0: Sim that's and- a
3: very difficult question. Um, that's true. That, you know, you you didn't give us like you know Cole or Kendrick. You gave us you gave that's us Yay and and Drake. That's a very difficult one. You know what I mean? Like that's a very. I mean, as far as the ability to tap into emotions, like I I I could see aligning with Drake. Like a lot of the work I do is emotional, mm-hmm. but. From, as as with Kanye I talked about earlier, like being visually, like Kanye visually and the images and the things he creates and thinking outside the box. I could go with that. My thinking probably more aligns with Ye, but my ability to write emotionally probably aligns more with Drake.
0: Okay.
1: Good answer. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: <laughs> but again, you, you did. He didn't give an answer, but good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I told
0: you, but no, I, I see what you're saying. Writing, I mean, you bring up a good word, point. Like, if we're talking about like writing, <laughs> I mean, Sim, you said Kanye. So, yeah, I, guess, yeah. I, guess, I guess let me take a step back. I guess more so is the argument that Kanye and Drake are not good writers, or are well, they? One,
2: I mean, but you you can you can group them or or analyze it. Are you talking about old kanye are you talking about new kanye like so if you talk about old kanye he was pretty much writing his his rhymes and i think that that era of kanye is a vulnerable one like he was he was talking about stuff that was pretty much relatable to most of us who were coming of coming of age in that moment uh drake i think his rhymes are cool but um it's it's almost like uh, fake vulnerability to me, where it's how would I, how would I phrase this? It's,
3: it's, it's that toxic deep, but vulnerability. It's, toxic. <laughs> it's like I'm vulnerable <laughs> enough to get yeah. what I need from you, but I'm not going to give you everything you deserve or need. But I'm giving you enough so that you that I'm vulnerable. You can tell people I'm vulnerable. Like I would
1: argue that Drake knows his audience and channels their voices <laughs> into his. Is it him or is it y'all? I don't know. You know. I mean, but- not even all his, his, his
0: audience is y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, listen. I'm gonna get out of this one before it gets too dangerous. Okay, we have we have two more. Two more. Um, let's jump into uh, screenwriting, you know, whether that is movies, televisions, commercials. <laughs> Spike Lee or Tyler Perry. <laughs> i didn't
3: wait for four at all i'm sorry i'm sorry, I'm sorry. next question okay, I four need, is uh, my favorite. are we not okay okay are we four is my favorite number and i'm doing a terrible job I'm waiting for four. okay this okay, then. okay, let's, go. okay then.
0: let's go let's go to this one then last one i promise um back to music back to music on four um on four okay so don't say it yet jasmine sullivan or erica badu One. Two,
1: three,
0: four, Erica. I do. Erica.
1: Erica. Okay. I wanted to give Jasmine more though, but it's kind of hard. That was a tough. That
0: was a tough.
1: Yeah, Erica's mother. Tim you know?
0: still seems to be on the fence. You seem like you got what's going. What's going through your head right now?
1: I mean, I think that they they
2: both serve different purposes for the vibe like Erica is I don't know roll one and chill (laughs) just like think about life uh like
1: effortless
2: yeah like and even like the poetry I think now listening to like Erica's first album I'm still picking up on stuff which is or it's hitting me differently than it did in the 90s so yeah I mean I think Jasmine is is a great vocalist, writing-wise. Sometimes I'm just like, "Huh, that was an interesting choice of words."
3: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, th- I think there's, you know, genetic gifts that you know some people just have, and also just how we receive those gifts, right? Like Maya Angelou's voice and cadence, very similar to like Eric. But not in the same side. Just the Eric has a unique voice when you hear on and on like you just hear that like, there's a spirituality that comes from her music and I think to to Simeon's point is that like we grew up on Erica right so I remember like seeing like my mom and other women in my family like having bad days and listening to Badu. that's something that jazz I haven't gotten for I got to see with the Jasmine because it's a different era but I will say that Jasmine Sullivan is carrying a lot of weight on her back and her shoulders right now being like one of the like legit R&B artists and she's a woman I think it's like you know not to discredit for her and Ari Linux are carrying a lot on their shoulders for R&B music and holding it down so not to discredit Jasmine at all but I think we all just kind of grew up with Erica she just has like one of those voices right That just yeah. they kind of reverberates through your soul
1: yeah, I agree. I think it's a timing thing. I think that's why I made the question hard It's like, we know Erica, it feels like Jasmine, we are wow. still getting to know and she's letting us know who she is in a big way. And it's amazing to see and love and all the good things. But, you know, it's like, Erica been here. So but Jasmine, wow. she she gonna stay here for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Well, I'm gonna pass the mic back to Kendra. Because uh, we have some more things to ask you all for sure. We ain't done yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no we got yeah we got some things but I want to kind of just building off of that like what what is what is want to know what y'all are doing to fill the well like we talked a lot about a little inspiration from that game um what's the last book or piece of writing article like what's the last thing you read that really like inspired or impressed you
3: oh man uh heavy by Cassie Layman uh, phenomenal book. Um, about an African-American male who grows up in the South keep him out of his trouble his mother made him just read a lot of white authors and write essays and stuff every day so whether it's repetition or alliteration the way he conveys the traumas of his childhood and adulthood and his weight loss is uh, just compelling I mean I think about even just like he's he's a professor now but me, I'm six two. I do. You're right with six three somewhere. You're right up there with me. You, 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 you up there with me, bro? But yeah, like,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. You know, my yeah. That's what my Tinder profile says. <laughs> yeah, I'm six six four, six five. You know. There you go.
3: There you go. Well, I mean, like, like being, good being, job.
0: Being, Long walks I mean, on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: but for for heavy, I, I know. Like me, like I'm six two. Like right now, I'm like I'm like two fifteen. I, I think in my better days, I'm like one eighty five, one ninety. But he just talked about like at every stage of his life being a threat. So him working himself out to be super thin and still being a threat. Him being overly heavy and still being a threat. And just all the things that happens to him in relation to how the world perceives him and his body, and how he perceives his body, how he perceives his body in love with partners. Um, the things black parents sometimes do to try to protect your body from the real world that actually doesn't do any actual good and then how he kind of what's the word I'm looking for Kendra's not when you come at your parents but like when he kind of challenges his mother yeah. about some of the ways that she raised him and how he was taught to think about himself and always being a threat and how that shaped his view on on life. It's it's an amazing like I mean, the book is called Heavy. It's heavy for a reason but heavy by Cassie layman it it is a phenomenal book.
1: Oh, that that sounds deep. Is and it's an autobiography or bi like it's a memoir. Memoir, okay. It's
3: a memoir. Yeah, it won it won a few awards. I think it came out like three years ago. But you know, it's just phenomenal. I'm I'm late reading. All my friends in academia are like, you should have been read that. But I just read it like a week or two ago. Phenomenal book.
1: Nice. So that's
2: a great question. I haven't read a narrative in a minute. Uh, right now, I'm. I don't know if I would call it reading a book, but I'm um, read. Well, I guess I'm kind of reading it. So it's the Itching the or the Book of Changes, where it's a book filled with like proverbs or like um, spiritual teachings, where you throw three coins and then those three coins correlate with um, passages within the book, and so there are a lot of just teachings and writings about being in uh, a state of change or when things are changing around you. So I've been in it for the last couple of weeks and it's been uh, really helpful. I think a lot of what we do based off of what it is that you're writing um, is about guiding people to in a certain direction. So I've been getting a lot of inspiration from that book.
1: Nice, and that is a perfect segue. When it comes to guiding people, right? You all have gone from being a part of teams and being the writers and getting it done to becoming leadership. How do you help or guide young talent, young writers to discovering their voice? Any keys, any tricks, any advice that you found um, when offered to offer to people who are still trying to figure out that writing voice or who may be going through that identity complex we talked about earlier? (laughs)
3: Ooh. Um, are, are I always they, say, go
2: go ahead, Kanye. Are, are they all my team, or are they just like uh, person asking for advice?
1: Is that different? <laughs> it is different. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, different. you don't give away all, all the. I'm a person asking for advice, whichever gives me the most honest answer.
2: <laughs> I mean, if if you're on my team, then a part of the approach is making sure that you grow, right? So it's it's not just giving one just candidly. I think. Um, management within advertising sucks as as just like general across the board because no one's really taught how to be a manager and develop talent. So when it comes to people on my team, the the goal is to make them grow, right? I don't want to keep telling you the same thing over and over. So um, asking questions, right? So I usually ask, why'd you write that? Or what are you trying to say? Um, And getting to the core of it so that I can give them the tools that I got so um one of my first bosses within the industry uh was Devin Heatley who passed away but that was how he he handled me it was like yo this shit is whack what were you trying to say (laughs) like and then me explaining it to him and he's like oh cool well this is how you should approach it and so a lot of those those lessons that he gave me Way back when, are the same lessons that I'm giving to people that are on my team. I just may repackage it based off of the situation that's going on. But the the goal is development without trauma, harm reduction as much as possible. Yes, that is the well,
0: goal. And, and what was your mentor's name again, or who what was his name? Uh, Devin Heatley from Global. So, H- hmm. What agency was it? He
2: at. Uh, he was at RGA, but He was at Global Hue, like back back in the day.
0: Wow! No way! Yeah, I um, I had him as a judge one time uh, for an um, an Addies competition, but I I did not know that. So small world, but yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal guy for sure. The man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh,
3: it's on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah uh so, so the advice that we're giving listen to, uh,
0: this is called a dose of black joy and caffeine do we need to send you some coffee wake up
3: i ain't, <laughs> I, 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 I ain't slept in weeks bro so if you got i know you got thank you i know i know right by You're, telling
1: us i know hit, i know, hit, know. thank hit, hit you hit
3: me with it, hit me with it. Um, I know. we
0: appreciate you no nah, I, I,
3: I got love for y'all i haven't caught up with y'all in years i need to i need to do a better job with that as i said i'm failing at a few things in life but it's always a pleasure to be around y'all. yo um I would say my advice it is, It's
0: good to see you too, man. It is good <laughs> to see you. No, seriously, that was the reason for, I think, even having this podcast, you know? Yeah. Honestly, being able to catch up with old friends, but also have these conversations, you know, yeah. with us. And sometimes we're always in these different silos where it's just great to put these conversations and narratives out. So i sure I speak for Kendra and Sim. We're also happy to see you too, man. Absolutely. No, no, Like it's happy to see y'all. I, I would say, and this everybody might get me in else. Trouble. I mean, as soon as they see the beard flourishing too, like I don't know <laughs> what the shampoo you using on that thing, but you have me inspired. I haven't had facial hair since facial hair existed, but I'm 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 motivated. <laughs> Ju- juices and berries. What Eddie said, Juices and berries. Um, I would say, man, my my advice,
3: my first advice is always going to be firm but gentle. Right? That's in friendships, relationships. Anything is firm but gentle, right? Like you, you have to make it clear what needs to be improved upon, but your goal is not to hurt anybody's feelings or character. Uh, my second thing is, when it comes specifically as a writer, you must separate yourself from the paper, from the from the deck. Like the paper or the deck, it is a representation of your work, but it's not you. So it is okay if there are flaws. I think I think a lot of people when they try to get in this industry you know, we're in the industry of like killing babies, you know, killing, killing dreams, right? Like some people get so attached to them that when the idea gets killed, it's like a piece of them dies or they feel hurt. So I try to be like, separate yourself from the work. Like if if you come to work every day and bust your ass and people know who you are, they know who you are, right? It's, it's, it's the people who don't, then the work needs to be even better. But I would say Um, separate yourself from the work, uh, be firm, but gentle, and then have real conversations. I think that's been like the thing I noticed up and coming, especially when you are the only person that looks at you at the job. I've had those who do not like me, give me the BS critique. And then I have people give me the real critique. Uh, One in particular, uh, Glendon Scott, when I worked at BML, he would give me like real raw feedback. He like looks, you're talented, um, but you've got typos. I don't care how great the idea is people aren't going to look at it because you have typos. He's like, you know what I mean? So he really took me from like the minor league to the big league. He's like, look, once we get your format together, nobody can stop you. But until then, I'm on your ass about formatting. And I appreciated him for that because sometimes people are scared of us and they don't know how to give us people. They don't know how to connect with us. And I felt Glendon Scott just always taking me as a human being first, then as a writer and then we, we, you know, grew into a relationship where like, you know, he could give me real raw feedback. I think that made me a better creative, better creative, better writer, better better person. But you, you got to have some type of rapport where I can give you the real. And I thought that's kind of hard with this generation that's after hours because everybody got participation trophies. Everybody got an award for being on the YMCA team. And it's, it's weird when you kind of tell some of these younger kids that the work is not good enough or that they need to come stay late after work. They're like, oh, no, I got... I have, I have work boundaries and my heart out is at five. I'm like, you're a junior. You're, 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 you're mid-level. What do you mean your heart out is at five? So it's a, it's a different generation that we're kind of having to mentor and tutor. So I kind of try to give them the the war stories that you had, the war stories that Kendra and and Cognac had, try to put that in perspective,
0: that things aren't as bad as they used to be. Oh, you said, wait, you said my war stories? Because you I, asked me. I,
3: you, 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 you I was, out, I was out at
0: 3 p.m., so I actually was paving the way for this new generation. I'm glad <laughs> that they're leaving the job early. I'm with them. I'm trying to go home yeah. when they're going home. Yeah, well, nowadays I'm trying to do that, but that would be my thing. Firm, firm but gentle,
3: and then separate yourself from the work. You know what I mean? You, you, you got to come up with 10, 30 ideas a week you know, one in five might live, you know, you can't bat a thousand every time, you know, that's what I kind of try to tell people. Mm. Bird.
1: Ooh, y'all said a lot. Um, I'm with the do, I was trying to be out too. But (laughs) to that point, I am curious because it's kind of a balance between craft, right? And like balance and lifestyle and still being able to like fill your well and things like that. Um, How do you go about giving feedback in a way that allows people to to understand that they have to keep crafting on their own because I think I think you bring up a great point of like I don't want to sound like the old heads in the room but we are at this point yeah (laughs) like they it's like hey I gave you this feedback you have to go apply it at least 10 times before it comes back to me how do you go about like telling and inspiring our new generation to keep going
0: you got to hit them with the uh beyonce on homecoming i'm tired of giving y'all notes if y'all <laughs> not, not <tired> of- <laughs> beyonce
1: said i'm not giving no one notes damn it i'm done how many of us have used this in the agency because i i have not Not um, once in my life is i i
0: may
3: I, I might have to start using that but i've never done that I I I do give the Beyonce reference of sacrifice though. Like when I watch that homecoming, I'm like, oh, like she sacrificed
1: yeah. a lot
3: to be that great. So I do give the what are you sacrificing reference. Um, but as far as like it's a hard question, uh, Kendra, just because like the, there's a generational gap, um, and it's and it's very hard sometimes. What I try to do is give them like anecdotal stories. I was like, I used to write hundreds of headlines a day for a boss. Like literally, it was, you know. 10 pages of Google Docs, you know what I mean? 10 lines on each one, you know what I mean? Like there were some bosses I had where I wrote, you know, two, 300 lines and they had to narrow them down to like my top 10 or top 20, you know? So I try to give them like, you know, examples of how it used to be or how I got to an idea. And I let them know, like, I struggled. Like I don't just write fire out the gate every single time. It might be 10, 12 pages of trash. And then, you know, page 13, it's a rhythm. By page 15, okay, this is a sweet spot. Now we're there. So I try to let them know that I failed too. I try to let them know that like it's, there are moments where you're just in your bag and you're in the rhythm and you're spitting and you're flowing and everything is beautiful. But there are moments where you got to just dig yourself out one line of copy at a time until you get to a good spot. So I try to give real, real stories and anecdotal information that make them know like I was in your shoes once and, and, it, and you can get to where I've gotten even further.
1: Right, right.
2: Yeah, I feel like the key word in your question was inspire. Um, and sometimes that's not what's needed. Sometimes it's a direct <laughs> instruction. right So I think. <laughs> sorry. Oh, no. got a strong brother. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I think. Again. You know, some of it has to do with the with the approach, right? So if I'm telling you to do something or I'm asking you to do something, over and over and over again, and you're still not getting it, at that point, I kind of want to have a conversation with you about why you're here, right? And that's not about like firing you or writing you up or anything. It's but what's inspiring you to be here? Because there's a million other jobs in the world that you can have, but you made a decision to be here. I'm hoping that you made a decision to be here. So if I can understand the motivation for why somebody's in this space, then I can inspire them by directing them in a way that aligns with their motivation for being there, which I think is a little bit of a a nuanced approach, but I wanna make sure that one, like people aren't walking away going, yo, I hate that dude, um, because you're not gonna do what I need you to do or what the client needs us to do um but you act you're actually able to align your end goal with my directions and I think when you're when somebody's able to do that as a professional then they're they're going to grow I think all of us are still in this space going through whatever we've gone through because we have an end goal and the directives along the way are aligning with where it is that we're trying to go. So that's usually the way that I approach it so that, you know, they feel like they're not just getting a direction. They're getting something that's going to make them better in the long run. Right.
1: Right. Ooh, that's real. That's That's powerful. Good stuff. Um, Okay. So this next question is selfish. I'm going to be real honest about it. Um, How do you all overcome writer's block? Cause I haven't figured it out. And I just want to know, but don't just tell me how. I want you to share a story. Share if you've never experienced it. I don't want you to answer this question, honestly, because I'm gonna be upset. But <laughs> how did it feel? And like what was it like to overcome when you hit that wall that
3: she's going she gonna hate me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dorado's out.
3: <laughs> nah, it's, it's there's no such thing as writer's block. Okay,
1: do share. Oh,
3: it's a myth, right? Because <laughs> what it is, there are other things in life preventing you from writing. Because mm-hmm. when you think about you know copy, particularly in advertising, your job is to be a ghostwriter, Which means, if I were to walk into, if I'm looking at you right now in your room, right, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to write about Kendra. How does the plant feel about Kendra? How does the bookshelf feel about Kendra? How does the picture, who is that? Um,
0: James Baldwin.
3: James Baldwin. How does James Baldwin feel about Kendra? How does that burgundy-ish, you know, shade feel about Kendra? You know, how does your dog, your cat, the water bottle, the fridge, right? there's a thousand voices in your room, which means you have a thousand perspectives from which you can write on. So writer's block isn't real. It's more so you have other things in your life that are bothering you. So like me, I've been struggling writing all week. One thing I noticed is my house is messy or my house is not clean or I haven't gone for a walk or I haven't done certain things to clear my mind. I can't write. So this week has been like, all right, a lot of me getting to the bag right now is going to be cleaning up the house, going on a walk, going on an adventure just to clear space so my mind can get to work. But, you know, I, I would say oftentimes writer's block is a myth. You just have other things that are blocking you from getting the job done or you haven't uh, written it from another perspective, and I think there's just too many perspectives to write from for there to be real writer's block. It's, it's something that you haven't done. So, granted, I, you know I might not write till three a.m. But when three a.m. hits, that three to six a.m. is gonna be fire. Man. But the whole day might just be unclogging. It might be journaling, getting my thoughts out. It might be talking to loved ones I haven't talked to. The whole day might just be clearing up my mind and my heart emotionally and physically, so then I can go write. But when it comes to writer's block, there's too many perspectives for you to write from to ever be blocked.
1: Okay, red for filth, and it's fine. We're gonna go <laughs> hey, mean, you got the an same answer or what? Like oh, yeah,
2: I'm I'm <laughs> in a, I'm in a similar space. I think that there you may not land on something that you want, you know, the first go around. So I usually just start me and my phone, like in the notes, just I'm out like, and that's what that's why I'm usually like whether it's riding my bike or like going to a store going on an adventure, um writing down whatever it is that I need to write down and then going back and like reading it later because, yeah, I don't think there's ever been a moment where I'm like, I have writer's block. I'm just like, oh, what I wrote is trash. So how do I like get to the good shit? um and then using, I think at the beginning of the conversation, uh, Rado talked about, you know, just getting everything out on paper. And so there are like notes in my phone with just like garbage lines, just like trash. (laughs) But it's like, you get to like the 50th line and you're like, wait, what did you say earlier? Oh, wait, maybe there's something there. And then how can I build on that? So I wouldn't, yeah, I don't think I've ever had writer's block. I've had like, to Rado's point, like things blocking me from getting to the good shit. And so it's like, how do I unclog this? And it could be getting moving. It could be listening to music. It could be cleaning the crib. Um, but ultimately, like you just got to start writing. Like, and you can always like write. It may be trash, but you can write something that's in alignment with where you're trying to go. Yeah. Hey, bruh, do you do you ever text yourself ideas?
3: Because me, be like I'm my
2: Oh yeah. Uh, the, okay, I'm not
3: crazy because I've be no, 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 no. Of-
2: that that and also Slack. So I use Slack like that too. Where wait, I just- wait, like, you
1: Slack yourself? Okay, I've yeah, done I, that. Uh, yeah, I, I also wait, email can, myself as well. Wait, you can. Slack <laughs> I've done the slack yourself.
3: I've never. I ne- that. see. I'll email myself. I'll do the. i do the notes like Conny X, and I'll take. I never no. thought about slacking myself. That oh, that that the might slack, be, that I'll, might be a gym. Slack will
1: tell you. Slack's like this is your space to write down <laughs> all of your <laughs> things, whatever you need. And I'm like you're right. I do need this space. <laughs>
3: like therapy with kids. But now I
1: might start texting myself. I didn't know this oh, what you yeah. we doing, y'all.
3: I, so I like pin my I pin myself into like my favorite group because if I have an idea, That's it's scary. like bam, it's like right there. And I just I gotta hurry up and get out of it so it still rings so it's still ping me because if you sit too long, it'll just pop up as a message from yourself and deliver it to yourself. So it won't be like an unread. So you got to like send a message and then jump out and let it beep you so you know it's there and you can come back to it whenever you want. That's
2: good. One one other thing too is I may ask somebody a random ass question to like get mm. the flowing. So like they may not know why I'm asking the question. Like I think I'm just thinking randomly to this one point. Um, ask my homegirl if she um if she uses lotion and Vaseline, and she gave me her response, and that response actually ended up going into the manifesto. So like just sometimes you just need to like have those conversations and they will get the juices flowing because they don't know why you're asking them but they're to Rado's point like they're giving you their their take on whatever or their perspective on whatever it is that you're writing on and so you can use that to either like vet some of the stuff or like become the foundation for something really cool
0: listen Gems on gems on gems. I mean, you all are gonna make me wanna change the name of the show to a quick dose of caffeine with cognac. I mean, come on, <laughs> what I did there. Yeah, <laughs> put my, on writing, a man. With my writing skills to also, the test, but no, listen. a good, listen, a good we combination,
2: are, cognac and coffee. It's yeah, really I mean, I mean,
0: that, that may be the new thing, but you know, on behalf of Kendra as well as myself, thank you all so much for joining us. We are at the end of the show but I could assure you that we have a part two coming up because um, this has just been extraordinary. And thank you all so much to my listeners at home for listening to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. As always, please stay safe and remember that you deserve A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Until next time, make sure you drink a ton of water and take care. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.